0: This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, a very special Minutia Men. Lots of great interviews. Great Cubs stories.
1: Great Cubs trivia. Great Cubs audio. Blah, blah, Cubs, (laughs) blah,
0: blah, blah. And Chicago Cubs former players Carmen Fanzone and Adam Greenberg. All that and unlimited Cubs tangents on this week's Minutia
2: Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave.
0: A very special Minutia Man. Rick discovers that his cousin is
1: <laughs> selling drugs that he has to confront him. So, you know, we, uh,
0: we've never done a, a single topic... But we have two celebrity guests that we're going to have on the show today, Uh Um, both uh, with a similar topic. Uh And uh, we have uh, various different stories, uh,
1: historical and news stories. All with a very similar topic. Rick, let me ask you a question. Will yeah. the people in Taiwan, where we're number 326, will they be interested in this topic? I think
0: they're not going to be interested in this.
1: <laughs> okay, what yeah. about Russia, where we're four, we're we're uh, 455 right now? I think they are not going to be interested in this. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. Uh, however, yeah, if pe- you're from Chicago, the the greatest city in America, Chicago, you're from chicago you might be interested if you live north of 31st street right
1: it happened to be a cub fan because we sure need to keep talking about the cubs over and over again however we have two actual cubs that
0: are going to be on the show so let's you know let's Let's say this is going to be a special show.
1: And they're great guys, and I don't want to belittle it, certainly. No. But for us White Sox fans, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before, but I've written a book (laughs) called Every Cub Ever. Yeah. And so I've written about every cub ever. So I I can actually talk to you about any
1: cub ever, ever. Well, you don't remember all of them. I remember virtually all of that's them. that's ridiculous uh
0: and and i i've been on like i probably have done like 20 yeah, interviews yeah. or something and in each of those interviews people quiz me yeah and you've and so far i've not really? been stumped yeah so but i wanted to tell you about some of my favorites in the book dave and and i want to start with the, the one that i'm going to say is the greatest nickname in cubs history okay who's Would that? You like to hear about this sure uh his name was earl moore Okay, now, if your name is Earl Moore, you well, got to have a nickname, right? Yeah, because you're, you're, yeah. His nickname was Steam Engine in Boots, <laughs> and the story a little of, wordy, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. I don't know. I that kind of like it. It he apparently was a very cocky pitcher at the time. Many people believe that he came up with the nickname himself. Okay, like he, he would sign in to uh, um, hotel registers. Uh, you know, Earl Moore S E I B. See. What what's a seb? Steam, steam engine. Steam engine. Boot, Everyone's gotta call me that. Right. It's like you know, when you go to college and hey, I'm I'm my name is Turk. Now. Yeah. Call me Turk. <laughs> yeah, right. Why Sorry. Turk? Yeah. It's just cool. But. Turk Stern. Um he pitched only seven games for the Cubs and uh he won one in a four forty five ERA, but he had the greatest nickname
1: ever. What year? I mean, were there still steam engines um, then? He uh it was in nineteen thirteen. Okay, so steam engine, nineteen thirteen, and what's the in boots?
0: Was he was he slow? Uh, no, he, I think what he was trying to imply was that he was very fast, like the boots. Okay, you know, so like those are like the shoes. In, so yeah, he's, the, the okay. cleats. Okay, in, in England they call them boots yeah. when you're playing soccer. It's Like my soccer boots, but they're really cleats. Okay, and he had steam engine in them. And but the the the, the terrible thing about his nickname is he was a
1: pitcher. That doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Now. I hate him.
0: Before we bring in our first Celebrity Cub guest, I want to talk to you about who I think is the greatest hero that ever played for the Cubs. Well, Steve Bartman. No, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Lloyd Merriman was his name. His nickname was Citation. Let me just read some of this to you because it's pretty cool. He played five seasons in the big leagues. That's the least of his accomplishments. He was a war hero in two different wars, World War II and the Korean War. And before he went to war, he was better known as a football star at Stanford. He was nicknamed Citation after the legendary horse. okay, uh, Because of his blinding speed, the Bears drafted him, oh, but he chose to go to service instead. After World War II, he played... Major League Baseball, even though he hadn't played baseball at all.
1: So he was just hey, a He was nat- just
0: that guy. Natural athlete. He played until 1955. He played for the Cubs in 55. He may not have been the best player to put on a Cubs uniform, but he's probably the most impressive of all time. Uh, war Wouldn't hero, pretty good. On the day that Albert Einstein died, he scored the winning run in the ninth inning to defeat the Cardinals 6-5. Well, <laughs> of course. I mean, everybody knows that. Now, before we get to the uh, Carmen Fanzone interview, I have a treasure trove of Cub audio that I've never played on this show. Okay. Some of my friends at WGN have sent me this stuff. This is our things that go way back into the archives.
1: Are we getting sued for this?
0: No, no, as a matter of well, fact. we wouldn't they, get sued, the Radio Misfits podcast. No, they're right? not going to get sued. Okay. This, is, this, is, this is all archival material. Right. Uh, and if
1: you need legal advice, Rick's the guy to go to.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to give you a couple of choices of things that you can
1: hear the audio of. Okay, us, so, right? so this is on me. I'm, this is on you. I'm program director.
0: Would you like to hear the play-by-play, or would you like to hear Pat Piper doing the 1932 Cubs lineup?
1: Attention. Att- yeah. Get your pencils would, ready. Okay. Would you
0: like to hear the Homer in the Gloman, the audio of that? Okay. Would you like to hear, um, let's see, what's uh, some other choices here? The last out of Don Cardwell's no-hitter from right. 1960, or a montage of early announcers, early Cubs announcers, going all the way back to the 1920s?
1: What was the first one? Pat Piper. Yeah, let's do Pat Piper.
0: Okay. This is the 1932 Cubs lineup. Okay. Here we go.
2: Attention. Attention, please. Have your pencil and scorecards ready, and I'll give you the correct lineup for today's ball game. The battery for the Cubs, Bush and Hartnett. Guy Bush. Batting order, Herman, second base. Billy Herman. English, third base.
0: Woody English.
2: Kyler, right field.
0: Kai-Kai Kyler.
2: Stevenson, left field.
0: Riggs, Stevenson.
2: Demery, center field. Frank Demery. Grimm, first base.
0: Charlie Grimm. Grimm. Grimm.
2: Martinet, the catcher. Gabby. Koenig, shortstop. Mark
0: Mark Koenig. And
2: Bush, the pitcher.
0: Guy Bush.
1: Wow, that is humiliating that you know
2: all that. (laughs)
1: 1932, what are man. the other audios? they went to the world series that year what are the audio what are the other audio well
0: let's save some of them because uh-huh. we have carmen Fanzone standing by okay so we're going to go to the phone here and talk to legendary cubs infielder carmen Fanzone.
2: time now for the celebrity minutia
0: minute hey you got a minute celebrity minutia minute with rick and dave okay joining us on the phone this is a, a big moment thrill for us minutia man we have uh all-time cubs great uh He was a star on the Cubs when I was a kid and Dave was a kid. We used to watch him all the time. Good old number 23. He roamed third base and second base. I believe he played every position on the Cubs except for center field, pitcher, and catcher. Is that correct? Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know more about him than he knows about himself. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Carmen Fanzone, thanks for coming on the show.
3: Oh my pleasure, my pleasure.
0: So uh, you played on the Cubs back in the seventies. You you were uh, teammates with several Hall of Famers, correct?
3: Yes, right.
0: Billy Williams, Ron Santo, Fergie, Fergie,
3: Fer- Fergie, and uh, uh, let me see, uh, Ernie Banks.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Ernie.
3: Ernie. My my first year, I came up in the end of '71, and that was Ernie's last year as a player. And I got to the last weekend of this of the season, I got to play third and and he played first, so i got I got a chance to play with him the last weekend of the 71 season, and uh, then um, he became a coach for the next couple of years, and of course, I was there at that point. Oh,
0: that's so cool. was Ernie a good guy?
3: Yeah, he was a good guy he was uh, everybody loved him, and um he just uh, he was mr. Cub. Yeah. yeah, so everybody he was adored by everybody.
0: Yeah, so now, back it. back in your day, you guys also, uh, when you went on the road, you had roommates, right?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I had. I, I was fortunate enough that that uh, Blake Cullen, who was the traveling secretary at that point. Uh, He said, anybody that plays the trumpet should have a private room.
1: (laughs) You're going to bother everybody else.
3: Yeah, so I uh, I didn't have to room with anybody.
1: What a great Uh, ploy. That was brilliant.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, my first year. I might have roomed maybe with Gene Heiser for a short time, but but he said that uh, that's what he told me. He said anybody that plays trumpet should have a room by himself. So I didn't. I didn't have to.
1: to well, uh, well, if you played the drums, you'd get the whole damn floor, probably, <laughs>
3: right? For, probably. <laughs> Did probably. you travel he, with he, your trumpet? Oh, always. I always took it with me, and uh, I was always looking for. You know, I was just. I would always try to practice a little bit during the day, and and at night after the games and stuff, even on the road, I was looking for places to play.
1: In, in Chicago, uh, had, were there were there any C D jazz clubs that you would play? Because you had all day games oh, yeah. in Chicago, right? Right, uh,
3: right. It was all day games then. So I, uh, the first place that I that I sat in was the back room down on Rush Street.
1: Oh, yeah. And I
3: I used, I used to go there a lot, and that was uh, it. Worked out perfect for me because, uh, like you said, we were we were playing all day games at that point, and I met some musicians there, Judy Roberts, and a bunch of other people, and. Danny Long and I would go sit in with him, and
1: you know um, Joe Pepitone. We've heard I read his autobiography. He seemed to be uh, someone who definitely liked a drink or two. Uh, did you see any of that with Joe Pepitone? Uh, and and plus, what's the story with his hair? Was that really a wig, or what? What are we talking?
3: Yeah, he uh, he was a distinct personality. He was uh, <laughs> he was Joe Pepitone from probably the day that he was born, and he still. <laughs> I just saw that he just turned seventy seventy eight. I think he's a year older than me, and he had a wonderful career. You know, he just uh, um, when I think of when I think of Joe, you know, I just uh, it was of course his his hair pieces and stuff are legendary. You know, right. He used to um, he wouldn't go out to the national anthem, you know, because he didn't want to take his hat off. <laughs> And, and did, then, you, but, did you guys and then ever was,
1: like hide his hairpiece before? It would have killed you. Well, probably. No, I
3: wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try that. But uh, and there was one time that he was, you know, that like he was catching a pop up, you know, and it was a windy day, and he was he was holding his hat down with his one hand, and, and, uh, and catching the ball with the other hand. And then another 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 time, I remember in the clubhouse, the only time I ever saw him in the shower without his without his rug on. And it was just—it was frightening. Yeah, you know, right. You just, right. <laughs> was, Who's that guy? Such right. a, yeah, exactly. He was such a, a, a vain guy that he was always, suntanned. You know, I mean, he probably even went to you know, tanning salons. You know, but he was so—he was so dark. But then, without his rug, his top of his head was completely white, yeah. just like <laughs> stone white. Just
0: you never I mean, saw was, the light it, of day. <laughs>
3: Exactly right. You know, he looked like uh, looked like a ninety year old man in the shower. You know, but with his with his rug on, he was he was
1: Joe Peppa. Yeah, well, as a bald man, I think I'm going straight to uh, get a <laughs> get, getting a toupee on the way up, home from the studio today. I right, love the guy. Uh, when I was a kid, even as a Cub hating Sox fan, you had to love Carmen fans on
0: best mustache ever of ever. the seventies, right, right. and that's saying something. Oh yeah. Although Bill Buckner, Bill Buckner had like a worm growing on his on his lip. Didn't
1: Pepitone have a...
0: Pepitone had a um, good one. Um, there were a lot. And one year they had three catchers. All three of them had great mustaches. Uh, Barry Foot, your Steve Swisher, and your George Mitterall. George Mitterall. Yeah. And all three of them had great uh, mustaches. Is Nick
1: Swisher Steve Swisher's son?
0: Yeah. 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 Okay, Dave, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to have a radio legend, a radio hall of famer who was a childhood hero of mine. And a great guy with full of stories about his expansive career. John Records Landecker. We'll find out if Records is truly his middle name. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. On Tony Lozano Podcast, an Opie Show, on the Radio Mystery. podcast network great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, informed automotive, it's a special guest talking about the road that car guys dream about, the tale of the dragon, plus tips on automotive detailing. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and my special guest for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. Uh, so before we get to our, uh, our next uh, bit, Which is, uh, we're going to talk to a legendary Cub. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you quickly about the longest serving Cubs of all time. Right? I've got the top 10. Mm -hmm. Serving as in? Well, most games played. Okay. Most games played as a Cub. Okay. Can I, like, guess? I I want you to guess. See if you can get anybody in the top 10 here. Heck, Wilson. Not in the top 10. Ryan Sandberg. Ryan Sandberg's fifth. Or fourth, rather. Ernie Banks. Number one. Yeah. Um, Billy Williams. Number three. <sighs> Phil Camveretta. Uh Phil Cavaretta's uh sixth. That's like that. Uh, yeah. How about. Uh, one of them was just mentioned on that the list of names that we Gab- just heard from uh from uh, Pat Piper earlier. Okay, I didn't
1: say, did I say Gabby Hartnett? No,
0: yeah. Gabby Hartnett's okay. in there. All yeah. Right. All right, I'll give you the others. Cap Anson is number two. Okay, Ron Santo, forgot uh-huh. him. He's uh-huh. number five. Stan Hack, number seven. And then Mark Grace is ninth, and Sammy Sosa is tenth.
1: Sammy? Yes.
0: Really? And in a moment, we're going to talk to the person who had the, <laughs> the least. <laughs> the shortest career. The yeah. shortest amount of time in a Cubs uniform. But for, but first, I want, a couple, I want to play a couple of audio clips for you, because uh, this is my one chance to do this. Um I want to play for you. Uh, Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I've got. What is your favorite Cubs audio that I've ever played for you? Do you remember?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What Uh, favorite Cubs? I like the Brant Brown one when when he dropped the ball.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I've got. I've got better ones. I've got better ones. Hang on a second here. Please hold, because your call is important to me. I stole that from you. Uh, All right, here we go. Um How about, would you like to hear this one? Here we go.
4: If you're looking for something
2: new, it's happening down at Wrigley Field. The gamer spirit's breaking through. The Cubs are getting tough and it's for real. Here's Cub
0: Manager Lee Elia. Uh, okay.
3: really, really behind you around here. My f- ass. What the f- am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my f- players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the f- nickel dime people that show up the f- don't even work that's why they're out of f- game they want to go out and get a f- job and find out what it's like to go out and earn a f- living 85 percent of the f- world's working the other 15 come out here
1: f- playground for the f- come to Wigley field the Cubs
4: are field have a fan
2: Ass.
1: Still, is he still alive? Isn't he? or no? Did he? Uh, you know, he's still alive. He's we, still alive.
0: Oh, we gotta get him on the that show. That's a great idea. Uh, That's um, it. Well, so our next very special. Okay. And then here's the here's the other one. Here's my other favorite clip. And this is this is it for the audio. It, it's uh, it's Harry Carey talking about Cracker Jacks. <laughs> here we go.
2: I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Did you ever go and buy a pack of Cracker Jack thinking you're going to get a prize and find (laughs) no prize in the box? Here's the pitch. That might not sound important to some people, but when when you're a little kid, especially from humble origin, and they cheat you out of a prize there's a bouncing ball second baseman has the Barbary over the first it's hard to think in laudatory terms of the product <laughs>
4: <laughs> I Too think many. if there was an occasional box of Cracker Jacks and found no prizes for uh, the, the, the for the little Harry Carey many years ago
2: <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> That boy when a box of Cracker Jack to me meant a lot of money. Here's a pitch bounce foul. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. One ball one strike. These guys say well you you sing about Cracker Jack. I said Did I only sing it because it's in the song. Here's a pitch foul back and I wouldn't be a bit surprised even to this day some youngsters who buy a box of Cracker Jack don't find a prize on the box one ball two strikes two out <laughs>
0: well if you're going to talk about a
2: congressman being crooked there's <laughs> a pitch foul out of play why not talk about commercial products that don't do what they represent to do
0: the poor guy from Cracker Jacks who sent up the free sample for him. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, my God. What have I, I seen, done? seen? My life pass before my eyes. All right. Let's, uh, let's bring on our next uh, Celebrity Cubs guest. Uh, this is the player who played, had the shortest career ever with the Chicago Cubs.
1: Time now for
2: the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave.
0: Okay, on the phone right now. We have a a former Chicago Cub. And let me paint the picture to you of who this is that we're talking to. Imagine, if you will, he's a fifth-round pick in 2002. He works his way up through the Cubs minor league system. Hard work, long bus rides, sweat on your brow, (laughs) nights of wondering, is it worth it? And then one day, you get called into the manager's office, and he says, Kid, (laughs) you're going to the show. It's been four hard years of work, it toil and sweat. Now you have your big chance. July 9th, 2005, the manager, Dusty Baker, with his toothpick in his mouth, looks down the uh, dugout and says, Greenberg, you're betting for the pitcher. You hop up, you get your wonder bat, (laughs) you run out to the batter's box, you dig in, you feel the red clay underneath your cleats, you smell the grass. The catcher says, welcome aboard, Rook. And the (laughs) umpire says, play ball. You know that your family's out there supporting you. You hear the crowd, and then you don't hear them at all because you're in the zone. This is it. This is the beginning. The pitcher goes into the lineup. You're thinking, bring it on. Then a ninety mile an hour fastball hits you right in the head. Career over. Is that pretty much? Does that pretty much sum up what happened on that day?
4: It sounds like the good opening to the movie. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exa- right. say you're you're hired. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. I am available for voiceover.
1: Yeah, it was total. That was total field of dreams moonlight Graham there. Wasn't it? Uh, Tug McGraw or McGraw gets his bony finger. You know. Uh, you know. Obviously, the event had a devastating impact on your career, but it also appears. That the pitcher Valerio de los Santos, I hope I said that right. It yeah. cut, it, it affected it it affected him negatively as well. I watched a couple of interviews. He was never the same after that. Yeah. Do you keep yeah. in, Do you keep in touch with him? Because he seems like a great guy. You both seem like great guys. Um, do you keep in touch? You know, does because um, maybe talk to him at all? I mean, is it uh, something?
4: So the so how how it went down the the next day. Um, was the, the last game before the All-Star break. So <clears throat> when the game ended, uh, well, he called. Let me back it up. He called that night while I was in the training room and just said he's sorry or made sure I was okay. Um, I mean, broken English. He, he wasn't, mm-hmm. like, completely fluent. So it was, it was fine. I was just, It was no big deal. I'll be fine. I'm good. Um, and then the next day was really, really tough at the stadium. Uh, I remember walking outside, and just the light was awful. I was nauseous. I was trying to stay in the dugout, and this was – I mean, it was embarrassing. I was going into the clubhouse, and <laughs> Greg Maddox was there, and Kerry Wood was there, and all these guys were in the clubhouse during the game, and I'm on the couch barely able to keep my eyes open and, and felt so embarrassed. It was, it was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then after the game ended, I was walking out of the clubhouse or out of the stadium, and he happened to be driving by with his wife, stopped the car, just once again – reiterated, I'm sorry, is everything okay? How are you feeling? And for all intents and purposes, I was just like, yeah, I'm good. So that was kind of, that was the extent until uh, they did an outside the lines piece and I saw him say, I, I thought, uh, this guy's dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, and hearing him say that, it was like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was. It was It was a lot. But then, then we did just kind of, as, as fate would have it, um, I think it was 2010, 2011. You'd have to kind of look back and double check. But he was in the independent league in Long Island, and I was playing in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And the first game, first night of the season, we happened to face each other in the eighth inning. Oh, my pitching.
0: God. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what was going through your mind at mm-hmm. that time?
4: So it was uh, it, it was it was interesting because I was ready to just get it over with, right? I, yeah. just, I wanted to face him and I wanted to get it over with, and sure enough, he throws me. Acknowledged him. He acknowledged me, and then the first pitch he threw me was like a ninety mile an hour cutter on the inside part. Towards me and cut over for strike one. I backed down. I was like, "Dude, if you're good. I'm yeah, good. Let's, right. let's freaking go." <laughs> um, That's awesome. Um, I, I, I ended up getting a base hit, and uh, it was a long at bat. Fought off a bunch of pitches, but I dug in like like I'd never have in my entire life. He was not going to get me out.
0: I love it. We got to do something with him. Oh, he's an inspiring guy i think he i think he's, to he's coming to town in
1: september i will have yeah. to um see if we can coordinate a book signing yeah as let, well.
0: let, let's uh let's do something together all right so if people want to find out more about rick and, and by the way is there a book that encapsulates all this great stuff that we've been talking about on this show
1: what is it when you want to eat your young <laughs> what is that called because that's how you feel right now. Uh, yeah, with this yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Every Cub Ever. Friggin' order. Every
1: everycubever.com,
0: uh, which is flying off the shelves. Everycubever.com.
1: They better the start winning. <laughs> they better start winning. Well, that would help.
0: Yeah. That would definitely help. Because have you noticed the sales dip a little bit oh, when they go into losing streaks? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we just can't try to sell the book when they're on the road. Right. Right. That's the, that's the solution. Um if you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, though, you can find us at Eckhart's Press, uh, Eckhart's Press dot com. We're also at Chicago Places that people can
1: follow us on social media. Uh, you can go. On, well, uh, uh, Twitter. Yes. No, at I mean, Minutia Men. I tweet like all the time. Yeah. You know, you can go and follow us on Facebook, David Frank Stern and. Rick, Rick Kempfer, yeah. feel free to do that. Eckhart's, Eckhart's Press. Press. You can go to our website, Eckhart's Press.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook for
0: Just One Bad Century, if you want to uh, check yeah. that. Mm-hmm. If you're a Cubs fan and you've enjoyed this uh, show, check that uh, Facebook page out. Uh, we, we should thank our, our people that make us go on the air. That's our executive producer, Tony Lasana, with opishows.com. Opie is hippo, backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits. Uh, great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again with a more traditional uh, version
1: of what? Manu man. next week.
0: The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including
4: com. Thank you. This has
1: been a presentation of Volpi Productions.
4: Tony, can you shut up? Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you
1: want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like... Ryan Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning.
3: Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show.
1: Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. All
0: right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of Coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what? Podcast, would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast
1: Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.